Hello and welcome back to Season 2 of Twin Paradox. I'm King Everett Medlin, and what you're listening to is a sci-fi trilogy I wrote four years ago under the pen name Purple Hazel. Twin Paradox follows my first podcast series entitled Deathwalker Colony, which is now a full-length novel available for purchase on Amazon. Along with the first two books in the Rigel 12 series, The Rise of New Australia and Return of Anarchy. Go online and check them out. In this next chapter, Ozzy accompanies his twin brother Proxido out to the Katie Boys farm. There, they get to witness a mega ball tournament hosted by the Orphanage, where Ranger Guerrero anticipates being the guest celebrity for the day. Only that's not exactly what the retired sports legend has planned for the pair. He actually wants to see firsthand whether his brother Oswaldo can carry off an effective impersonation of the world-famous sports legend and convince starry-eyed fans it's really him. Twin Paradox is a sci-fi series encompassing three full-length novels, all of which can be found on Amazon.com. You can go online and purchase them, or if you prefer, listen to me read them to you. So let's keep going. Ladies and gentlemen, Part 6, Legends and Imposters, Chapter 32, Fast as I Used to Be. Just what was he about to say? Ozzy could only wonder. Maybe he was simply missing glory days long past. It'd probably be like that for some time as Ranger adjusted to the realities of retirement his physically much younger twin could only assume. Might be a year of recovery before his brother even got to feeling healthier, for one thing. That's probably what was bugging poor Proxetus Guerrero right now. Yeah, that's gotta be it, Ozzy thought to himself. Wishes he could heal up quick like he used to and get back out there, maybe just for a season, maybe just for a game or two. Feel the thrill of it just one last time. Ozzy could only begin to imagine what that might truly be like for a professional megaballer like Ranger, who'd experienced such insanity. 120,000 screaming fans, coaches shouting from the sidelines, excited teammates, the other team members trash-talking, getting to run and hit and tackle and score. Better really eats at him sometimes not being out there on that field. But then suddenly Ranger clapped his hands together to signal he had something new to discuss. He brightened up once again and said, Hey, you know what? Why don't you and me head out to the Katie Boys farm together? They got themselves a tournament up there today, and I bet you'd love to see what's happened to the place since you've been gone. It's all different. And them kids, they'll love seeing me too. I try to get out there whenever I hear they got matches being played at their home stadium. Want to go? Up until then, the young ensign from Space Program was lost in thought. Ranger's change of direction caught him off guard. Stadium? Asked Ozzy, now with mouth agape. You mean they got a stadium out there now? Ranger smiled and chuckled at his reaction. Shit, yeah. Apparently, when you was saying they got bought off back when we was kids... Well, they must have put that money to good use. They got themselves three Little League fields for peewees, couple practice fields, one big old regulation size field with a grandstand and everything. It's got a press box, too, and a shaded camera platform for filming games. 
Ain't lying. They're serious nowadays. Hearing this, Ozzy started snickering with a look of hilarious surprise on his face. Seriously? He asked in disbelief. Yep, said Ranger. Teams around here hate playing us because we're so tough. But programs from all around the state will come to tournaments down in Katy just so they can see how well they match up with our boys. Hell, I even saw a high school freshman squad come in and play our 13-year-old team once. Barely beat them. I mean to tell you, we're good. Ozzy shook his head in amused disbelief. Well then, hell yeah, let's get to it. Sure enough, that afternoon after Ozzy finished his bowl of gumbo, they made their way through the town out to Katie Boy's farm to watch the kids play. Had an amazing time. Ozzy had changed into the pair of Rangers' old blue jeans and a polo-style shirt that had University of Oklahoma's logo on it. Then he let Ranger talk him into driving so that the banged-up sports legend could keep an ice pack on his sore back. Spent a few short minutes learning how to operate the vehicle, then the two men promptly hit the road, like a couple of fraternity brothers going out for a beer run. Ozzy had so much fun driving, he couldn't stop thanking his brother for the experience. Such a nice car, fast and sleek. Solar-powered luxury sedan designed by Mercedes-Benz, then manufactured in, of all places, Brazil. It had been imported to North America by the local car dealership where Ranger had paid cash for it. But to Ozzy's dismay, when they got to the fields, Ranger surprised him even more. Blew his mind even when he instructed his brother to go out onto that field alone. As Ozzy parked the car along a dirt road packed with family transport vans and solar sport utility vehicles, Ranger told him of his plans for the day. Now, brother, how about you go on ahead of me and pose like your Ranger Guerrero? See if everybody thinks you're me, said Proxidus with a mischievous grin. Like you did when you was at the airport, when you was at the bar. I bet they buy it if you do it upright. He then shifted in his seat a bit and added, And let me just stay here and rest a while, okay? What do you say, bro? His much younger-looking twin was hesitant about taking on such a task, especially after what he'd gone through the night before. Wait, wait. Just a minute there, Proxido, protested Oswaldo. You mean you want me to walk out there and pretend I'm you? Nah, I can't do that. Come on, man. These ain't drunks at a goddang saloon. These are local kids who idolize you, brother. What if somebody comes up who knows you and asks me something I don't know? However, Ranger was quite adamant about him going solo. They ain't gonna do that. Everybody out there, they seen me around the place 15 or 20 times over the years. Ain't nothing to it. Just go out there and find an old boy with a shaved head and a big old belly named Ronnie Joe. Black cowboy hat, black sneakers. You can't miss him. That's Dusty's eldest son from his first marriage. He coaches the little tykes division, the seven and eight-year-olds in other words. Go say hi and shake hands with him. He'll be too busy to talk to you till halftime, most likely. Might even have to wait till after the game. But he'll probably have you come and speak to the kids or pull the two teams together after the match and call you out onto the field to come say hello to him. You can do it. It ain't no big deal, really. Me? I'd rather just sit here and rest my back. I had a rough morning getting that house clean before you arrived. Proxido, no! 
Ozzy continued to argue. That's fucked up and you know it. They want to see you, bro. Not some astronaut from space program. Nobody cares about that shit. I ain't you no matter how you got me dressed. Seriously, let's go out there together and you just tell everybody you got this twin brother and... The retired megaballer was already shaking his head. Wouldn't take no for an answer. Nope. You're gonna do it. Believe me, you'll do just fine, interrupted Ranger. Here, let me show you what my autograph looks like. I keep some of these with me just in case I ever get pulled over for speeding. Ranger snapped open the console right behind the solar drive engagement lever sticking up between them, while Ozzy sat shaking his head, hand draped over the steering wheel. From inside of it, Ranger produced a stack of signed photos of himself, posing in his Dallas Rangers uniform, holding his scarlet helmet under his arm, glaring back at the camera like he was about to kick someone's ass. It had been the photographer's idea, not his. Normally, he'd smile big with his jagged white teeth, just like Ozzy often did. Here, bro. Take these with you and feel free to pass them out. Keep one for yourself so as you can copy my signature if someone wants you to autograph something special, he instructed his identical sibling. Stay till there ain't no more people and no more kids wanting them. Pose for a couple pictures with some of them horny housewives, too. Whatever they want. It's real simple, bro. You can do it. Ozzy was still opposed to the idea, but ultimately yielded when he heard that last part. Whoa, wait a minute. Now, just how horny are we talking here? He asked, only half-jokingly. I'm on shore leave, after all, and you ain't said nothing about no horny housewives up till now. Ranger snickered. (laughs) Oh yeah, bro. Dozens of them out there. They'll grab your ass when nobody's looking, get you to bend down and hug them, then press their big titties up into your face, making like they're being all friendly and shit. A lot of them are ugly fat bitches, but hey... Just think of them as like a warm, fluffy mattress with a cleavage. And a wet pussy. Yeah, don't forget that. They all got one of them things, too. Every last one of them. He then smirked humorously. Of course, when they're all hot and sweaty from being outside in that heat today, you probably won't want to be thinking about nasty shit like that. Especially with them real big gals. In reaction, Ozzy doubled over laughing at his twin brother's sick sense of humor. <laughs> ah, no worries, bro. You had me at big titties, chuckled Ozzy. I can definitely handle that. Ranger clarified humorously. Big damn titties, brother. Lots of them. Some of them are still nursing babies, after all. And you'll be the highlight of their day, let me tell you. He then laughed boisterously. <laughs> so you'll do it? Ozzy sighed and rolled his eyes. Then he nodded with a broad smile, creasing his face. And from that point on, the rest of the day belonged to Ranger's identical twin, Oswaldo Guerrero. Oh, the fun he had. This was even better than the night before. Literally everywhere he went, he was recognized. Kids screaming his name, running up to hug his legs. He slowed down and walked shuffle step like his brother, just to carry it off believably and make the illusion more real. Women would pose for pictures with him. One rather big gal, who was wearing a hot pink tank top, which she was quite nearly spilling out of, had him sign her upper back with a red marking pen. 
Another had him sign her chest, right above the left breast, pulling the material back to give him room to write. Ozzie enthusiastically complied with all their requests. As for the husbands, they merely chuckled and shook his hand right after each encounter. Didn't seem to mind one bit. No one went away empty-handed. He stayed for over an hour until everyone had a chance to meet him or get an autograph. He even got to give a speech after one of the games. Slipped up and said the word mission instead of match one or two times, but otherwise he carried it off without a hitch. Stayed out there in that brutal southeast Texas humidity while his brother sat in the car with the air conditioning on full blast. On a sunny day like today, he knew from experience he could run that thing until well after dark. Yet as he sat there, the now broken-down old warrior, who proudly possessed three diamond-studded world championship rings, several nearly unbreakable records, as well as accolades aplenty from both his college and professional careers, relaxed in climate-controlled comfort and began to think. The wheels were turning in his clever mind. That same mind, by the way, which had been both sharp and keen even when faced with seemingly insurmountable challenges throughout multiple seasons in the Professional Megaball Association. He thought once more about his twin brother's uncanny ability to convince people he was him. He could even see, way off in the distance, as Ozzy would walk around, people waving at him and Ozzy waving back. No one, absolutely no one, seemed to give it any passing thought it might not actually be the former all-pro center back. He saw Oswaldo walk right up to Ronnie Joe Kenefick, Dusty's eldest son, and shake his hand. The big man suspected nothing he could tell. He saw Ozzy pretend to grab his lower back as though in pain or discomfort just to convince people he was Ranger. Saw him mimic his walk, too. Oswaldo seemed to have a down pat already, a near-perfect impersonation of the retired sports legend. Ranger was dutifully impressed. Shit. Dead ringer, he muttered to himself with a laugh. And yet if that motherfucker wanted to, he could sprint down that field and outrun damn near everybody. Even the varsity. Right now, I bet he could. Bet he's just as fast as I used to be. But then it really hit him. Right square in the kisser. His scalp began to itch. He started sweating above his upper lip. He felt his scrotum tighten. All the things that happened whenever he'd get to thinking about something devious. They seemed to hit him at once. Once more, he began getting a truly absurd, downright dangerous, if not absolutely foolhardy, idea. It had started earlier that afternoon in the back of his mind, but he had suppressed it the first time. Didn't feel he could put it into words. Most certainly felt Ozzy would think he was off his rocker if he had had the audacity to say it. But nevertheless, it was as bold of an idea as he'd ever had. Despite being broken down and hobbled, his mind was still as crafty as ever. That had always been his trademark, no matter the circumstances. For a man like Ranger Guerrero, who'd always been brave and fearless, bold ideas that other average men might shrink from attempting were just the type of thing a guy like him might say, Why not? What have we got to lose? Especially whenever the game was on the line or his teammates needed both a plan as well as a brash leader with the balls to carry it out. Yes, for men like Proxidus Guerrero, a crazy idea might just as easily become the foundation for an ingenious solution. 
something quite possibly insane to contemplate, yet it might just achieve glory on the field of battle for those willing to risk life and limb for ultimate victory. Risk-taking was what he'd always been known for, and most any former teammate could attest to that. Yep, he said to himself as he watched his brother waving at fans while walking back toward the parking lot. That's right, bro. They're buying it. Fucking eating you up. They're believing it's really me, I can tell. Then he paused and got a big grin on his face, sort of like that expression one gets when realizing a way out of a predicament, perhaps when savoring a perfectly seasoned bite of grilled steak. We could do it. I'm sure of it, he said to himself slyly. Bet I can teach him everything I know. Hire a trainer to get to work on fixing his footwork. Might take all winter, I reckon. But we can pull it off for spring practice to start up, if all goes right. He paused for a moment, imagining it coming together in his notoriously inventive mind. He then nodded slightly as a diabolical glare developed on his face, as though he were some evil genius from an old science fiction movie. Yeah, (laughs) if we play our cards right, I'm certain we can do it. Then, in a deep voice, just above that of a whisper, he added, Only question is, Will the Dallas Wranglers really believe it's me? This concludes tonight's podcast of Chapter 32, Fast As I Used To Be. I hope you enjoyed it. Watch for Chapter 33, which I'll be posting very soon. Also, and don't forget, my latest full-length novel, Death Walker Colony, is available for purchase right now on Amazon.com along with the first two books in the Rigel 12 series, The Rise of New Australia and Return of Anarchy. A link to these is included in the transcript for this episode. Go online and check them out. I'm King Everett Midland. Thanks for tuning in.